Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Government of Jamaica providing $2 billion to assist persons most impacted by high gas and energy prices. U.S. Virgin Islands government installing 110 electric vehicle charging stations in push away from fossil fuels. Belize secures $25 million U.S. million from the World Bank for climate-resilient agriculture. First rum ready at New Bahamas Distillery Company. Akian Bio Biosimilar Solutions to begin manufacturing in Puerto Rico. FIFA suspends Russia from international competition. And His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales launches Climate Action Scholarship for Small Island Nation students. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, March 16th. We start a report today in Jamaica. Jamaica Information Service reports that the government of Jamaica is making a special provision in the amount of $2 billion to provide targeted support to Jamaica's most adversely affected by the impact of high gas and energy prices. Finance and the Public Service Minister, Dr. the Honorable Nigel Clark, made the announcement as he opened the 2022-23 budget debate in the Jamaican House of Representatives. I can easily see some of it being used to provide some relief to taxi operators who have fixed fares and some being used for children on the program of advancement through health and education who have transportation costs, but we will come back to greater detail as to how we are going to allocate it because we want to listen to stakeholders to optimize the best way of allocating, Dr. Clark said. The finance minister pointed out that a major source of Jamaica's oil import bill is for petroleum used by cars. Dr. Clark said that electric vehicles cost one-third of what it takes to fuel petroleum-powered vehicles. It is for this reason that the government intends to incentivize the purchase of electric vehicles by reducing the import duty from 30% to 10% for an initial five-year period and exempting the annual registration fee on battery electric vehicles. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that U.S. Virgin Islands Governor Albert Bryan announced that his administration will be fast-tracking energy-related initiatives as fuel costs escalate as a result of the Russian war on Ukraine. The Virgin Islands Energy Office has taken the task and is in the process of purchasing 23 old vehicles and installing 110 charging stations throughout the territory. Once we put in those energy stations, for some time, those will be free. This is our permanent move to get Virgin Islanders away from gas-guzzling vehicles and enter energy-efficient vehicles that work on electric. Not only are we doing this, but the legislation on the national level has allowed us to get a rebate, the governor said. Mr. Bryan told the consortium his administration would be taking steps to make the rebate program more accessible in the U.S. Virgin Islands, though he said it is already available as a tax rebate. The governor said an estimated 250 vehicles were in use territory-wide. As it relates to the local Water and Power Authority, Governor Bryan said we anticipate if conditions remain on the current path, the Water and Power Authority bill will have to seek considerable relief. He said before disclosing he held meetings over the weekend with Water and Power Authority officials to discuss avoiding the anticipated massive increase in fees. Mr. Bryan is hoping to have St. Croix become solar efficient 
within months by using the services of a mainland company to set up the system, which will eventually be owned by the government. MyView News reports that the World Bank Board of Executive Directors has approved financing of 25 million U.S. dollars for the Belize Climate Resilient and Sustainable Agricultural Project. The project aims to increase food production capacity and the adoption of climate-smart agricultural approaches among project beneficiaries. The project will provide over 7,000 farmers in Belize with weather data and technical information to help improve yields for crops and livestock and facilitate better planning. The project will also provide grants to over 3,700 farmers, enabling them to adapt climate-smart practices to improve the sustainability of their farms. The matching grant scheme, combined with technical support for farmers, is targeted to leverage $18.2 million U.S. million in private financing for climate-smart agricultural technology. Importantly, 30% of the grants will be targeted to women farmers in the project. I have seen firsthand how important farmers and agricultural are to Belize. Both the World Bank and Belize know the sector can be an engine for growth to support the well-being of families and communities and improve the economic prospects of the country, said Lilia Brunswick, World Bank Country Director for the Caribbean. The COVID-19 pandemic has increased the challenges facing Belize's agricultural sector. It disrupted the supply chain, reduced purchasing power, and weakened the demand for food products, including from Belize's tourism sector. One of the project's aim is to ensure that farmers become more resilient and produce food in an environmentally sustainable manner that meets the needs of local and international markets. Farmers will benefit from training in improved practices, greater access to data, improved infrastructure for the sector, and technical advice. The Bahamas Tribune reports that the newly established Bahamas Distillery Company opened its doors in Freeport and has started production of two rum offerings. Alan Bassett, president and CEO, has set up the rum distillery at the 6,500-square-foot warehouse on Oak Street and Settlers Way. The facility, which is equipped with three large copper pot distillers from the 1950s, currently produces a spice rum called Floating Pig and a coconut rum called Hammered. A small staff of about 5 to 10 people are employed at the distillery, but there are plans to increase employment as the company expands in the future. Mr. Bassett said Freeport was the ideal location for the establishment of the distillery, but especially because of its international port. We are really excited with what we have done so far, said Mr. Bassett, who expects to have products in stores and on the market within the next week or so. It is an entry-level spot for us. We have plans for expansion at some point to upgrow the facility we have with a main distillery and to build brick houses for aged rum in barrels. That is my dream, he said. Contract Farmer reports that Akian Bio entered a manufacturing and operations agreement to develop biosimilar drug product facilities for Biosimilar Solutions, Inc. Akian Bio is creating an advanced therapy contract development manufacturing organization 
that provides preclinical through commercial manufacturing, including process development, plasma DNA, viral vectors, cell banks, cell processing, and supporting testing capabilities. Daniel Chang, co-founder of Biosimilar Solutions, says, We are excited to start working with Akion Bio in Puerto Rico. There is no doubt the island's capabilities in the bioscience sector will help us meet our goal of making medicines affordable for all. The company will leverage access to skilled talent, government initiatives, and other assets to establish world-class facilities dedicated to the research, development, and manufacturing of biosimilar therapies, including a COVID-19 vaccine, new cells and gene therapy, biological products, and support clinical studies. The plant in Agudia will include more than 95,000 square feet of clean room and biomanufacturing space, with biosimilar production scheduled in 2022. Biosimilar Solutions previously entered a license and development with Reliance Life Sciences, who markets biosimilar in India and overseas markets. Daily Maverick reports that the International Federation of Association Football, FIFA, on February 28, made the decision to suspend Russia from international competition. This move could see Russia's national team excluded from the 2022 FIFA World Cup and break with a tradition of inaction by soccer's world governing body over the ethical failings of its member states. Other than the exclusion of South Africa and Rhodesia during the apartheid era, examples of preventing national teams from competing are hard to come by. Nazi Germany took part in the 1938 World Cup, as did France in the World Cups of the 1950s, despite the country's war against independent movements in Algeria and Indochina. According to the Daily Maverick, there are several reasons why the Ukraine invasion has served to break FIFA's policy. The brutality of Russian aggression is one. The self-evident innocence of Ukraine is another. This scenario has led to the outpouring of sympathy shared among fans and players across Europe. Aiding is the fact that Ukraine's elite soccer players are scattered across some of the highest profile teams in Europe. It should also be acknowledged that this sympathy in Europe appears to be related to what, at best, can be called cultural proximity. With Russia's suspension, sporting bodies may now find it more difficult to turn a blind eye to ethical concerns, the article concludes. His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales, with the University of Cambridge, has launched Climate Action Scholarship for students from small island nations. The new scholarships announced by the Universities of Cambridge, Toronto, Melbourne, McMaster, and Montreal will support students from small island nations to address climate change. The Climate Action Scholarship were launched to coincide with Commonwealth Day and recognized the disproportionate effect of climate change on small island developing states, many of which are part of the Commonwealth. The scholarships are spearheaded by the Prince of Wales and will support students on courses that engage with sustainability, helping them to develop their existing skills and knowledge to address the effect of climate change in the countries they come from. The Climate Action Scholarship follows the Prince's support of students from St. Vincent and the Grenadines after the volcano erupted on St. Vincent in April 2021. 
as a result of the discussions between the Prince of Wales and Mr. Rolf Gonzales, Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. The University of Wales Trinity St. David welcomed 37 students from the Caribbean island of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Dr. The Honorable Ralph E. Gonzales, Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines said, St. Vincent and the Grenadines is extremely grateful for the splendid initiative of the Prince of Wales to secure 55 scholarships, 40 undergraduate and 15 postgraduate through the University of Wales Trinity St. David. The Prince of Wales acted swiftly on this package of scholarships valued at $4.5 in the aftermath of the volcanic eruptions in St. Vincent and the Grenadines in April 2021. Thanks again to Prince Charles for his love and concern for our people, especially the young. And finally, the Virgin Islands Free Press reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Planning and Natural Resources has reintroduced the St. Croix ground lizard to the main island of St. Croix for the first time in 50 years. The St. Croix ground lizard is only 3.5 inches in length and as a fully grown adult and is one of the world's most endangered reptiles. In an effort to help recover the species from being endangered, the Division of Fish and Wildlife has reintroduced two experimental populations to St. Croix. The project was organized by the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Planning and Natural Resources Division of Fish and Wildlife with the support from a wide range of collaborators, including the University of the Virgin Islands, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services, U.S. National Park Services, Department of Planning and Natural Resources Coastal Zone Management Division, the St. Croix Environmental Association, California Academy of Science, and Texas A&M University. The indigenous lizard was last seen on the main island in 1969 at Fort Frederick. It was only left on the offshore keys of St. Croix. U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Planning and Natural Resources Commissioner Jean-Pierre Orio said, This project introducing small populations to enclosures for monitoring over the next year at the University of the Virgin Islands Wetland and the Sandy Point National Wild Refuge is the first small step towards recovering an indigenous species of the U.S. Virgin Islands. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, March 16th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.